Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. This is the last of our Becoming Like Jesus series before we hit Advent mm. and get into that mode for a while. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the parable of the sower. I'm here with uh, Angela and Steve. Hi who there. You Good should be back by now. But before we talk about the sower, because that there is some interesting, mm. like, why does this crop up in Luke now? And it could be really apropos, actually, for us in this series to have a so it's like a moment of reckoning for us. Um, but I think it's a kind of it cautions us. Hey, what's the seed you've received, and mm. where is it? <coughs> I'm obviously allergic to those seeds, Um, (laughs) but it kind of gets us thinking about that. But I thought, and like to make this real for us, over the course of these sort of five chapters of Luke we've looked at over these last couple of months, what are those things that you feel like God's put in the foreground for you that have really kind of struck you um, that might actually be for each of the three of us, like the seeds that this parable of the sower might make us think about? See what I mean? Mm. So, if, if, is there anything that you know for you is like, man, I this cropped up and that's really stuck with me. That's been kind of burning a hole in my head. To oh. make up a phrase, I mean, there's there's a lot of seeds in here for me. But I tell you, the last couple of weeks that we've gone through and just this the idea of faith and um, and what my faith looks like and the certainty of my faith. And Tim had said something in his teaching a couple of weeks ago, um, just almost this childlike faith. And, and I just have this vision of, you know, uh, when our kids were young and uh, one of them looking up and they're crying for some reason or another, and they just look at you with this absolute certainty that I'm going to pick them up and mm-hmm. make them feel better. Um, and I just I have been thinking about that, about do I look at God in that way with an absolute certainty that he can and he has a willingness and a heart to do that, and do I act that way? Yeah. That's cool. Mm. Faith's been, I think that's, I mean, there's lots of things I love. I mean, Luke's my favorite mm. gospel, so mm. I'm just like, oh, this is amazing. I love this. Love that we're in Luke. Mm. But um, I think the thing that is more of like, I can kind of feel God's spirit trying to have a conversation mm. with me about is faith as well. And I think there's just something about the season we're in as a church, in just in culture, like lots of different things. Of There's a, I don't know, like, I think one of the things we talked about was, like, faith involves risk. Yeah. And I and I think my ability to risk has diminished over the last few years. Um, and it's not, like, lost my faith or anything like that, just the ability for my faith to mobilize me into risk, I feel mm. like, has, like, waned a little bit. And I feel like over the course of this series, at times, God's been sort of trying to stir, like, hey, the stuff I want to do, you're going to, like, if I'm going to use you in the midst of it, you're going to have to step up some, to some risks, you know? Um, and, and I don't know, there's two versions of that conversation. One is the, well, I just got to try something. You know, I just got to be willing to put myself out there. That's kind of like the way our culture says it. But the with the Jesus voice in the conversation, it's like, it's going to be okay. I've got a plan. Do you trust me? 
because it's not a blind risk. It's like, man, I got to roll the dice. I got to chance it and see what happens. It's a, uh, am I willing to get out of my comfort zone because I believe God's actually going to do something? Mm -hmm. So it's a risk that's like a, it's a secure risk. It's not a like, I hope that, but yeah, something's it, actually going to Is happen. that, um, so looking at this parable and those, you know, the seeds and the soil and this sort of thing, do you, do you liken that to the seed that in the past maybe it's been choked out? You know, your, your risk, your willingness to take risk has been sort of in God saying, Ooh, I want to work on yeah. that. You, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, because I, I sometimes, I, I think the season I'm in, in sometimes like that's the seed of identity of who uh, God's called me in, which we spoke of, gosh, weeks ago. Sometimes that just seems like that's been choked out in, in my life as well. And it's and I think God's saying, hey, I want to work on, yeah, that's not what that seed's really, your seed is about your identity. Let's not let yeah. it choke out. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the two dynamics. This will make more sense once we've talked oh, about yes. the parable <laughs> as well. But the two dynamics, like looking down, it's a really good question. I think one is the one where like the devil snatches yeah. the seed away, and I feel like part of what that diminishing is is maybe I, I think all of our attention has been a little more focused on how can I recover be safe mm, mm. you know those sorts of questions have been really prominent mm. in our mind and just my ability to hear god say i want to do this mm. in the noise of that and then you add in the enemy who wants to try to like diminish mm. that voice of god saying hey there's something else i want you to be really invested in and I want, right. there's another question i want you to ruminate on you know like yeah i think that dynamic's going on Mm. Um, and I think an aspect of that is um, the way that sometimes we lean on finding recovery is a little bit of like the cares and riches and pleasures of life. Mm. Like our capacity to take up our cross daily, our capacity to live in a way that we like just give and spend more of ourselves mm. changes. And so I, th I think there's that, that's a little bit of the dynamic mm. for me as well. It's like, um, I understand why it happened. I can have compassion on myself for why it happened, but the, it's not the healthiest version of me. And yeah. I'm, I'm having to like, in a different context with a different set of mm. challenges, like discover and fight for the healthy version of mm. me. It's like, you know, um, to sort of exercise those muscles in a healthy way. And it, I think it's not like the muscles disappear, disappear like that, like COVID happened, church transitions, the world, mm -hmm. politics, you know, like, and then all of a sudden those muscles go. I think it's just like, oh, that muscle's being asked to exercise its strength now in a, in a quite a different environment. And then there's a learning curve of learning how to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. but, but I think if there is a little bit of like, oh, but I'm just, I also need to recover strength to do that. Mm. And then if I'm trying to recover strength in some of the wrong ways, that muscle does atrophy a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. Like it does become weaker. So mm. yeah, those two dynamics, that's a really good mm. like way to use the sower to mm. sort of examine, like do some self-examination. So that's actually yeah. super practical. Everyone listening, you should listen to Steve's question, read the sower, think about what God's <laughs> doing with you in this series and like 
play the same game that he just did with me. That was mm. really good. What about you, Angela? What's been something that's stick, sticking out for you? The thing that keeps coming back to me going through Luke is just this, and I think I've mentioned it here before, is just this concept of everybody who comes to Jesus actually recognizes they have a need. And mm-hmm. so I say to myself, um, where am I not approaching Jesus because I don't recognize there's a need to do so? And um, Yeah, so like which, you're, you're missing out. In which part yeah. of I ass- assuming the throne over my own life and not putting, allowing Jesus to be on that throne? Yeah. And mm. um, is it a last resort or is it a first resort? I mean, we see these people, mm. they come with horrible things. They need healing. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, in the crises of my life, I'm approaching Jesus and I'm praying and I'm asking him to, um, to answer the prayers and to, to fix the situations and to heal and to do the things that are impossible for me to do. But am I approaching him for in the day to day things, not just as a practice, but truly because I recognize I need him Mm. and um and what does that look like I mean where's my line when do I approach him and when do I not and I I it's not living my best life when I don't approach him with everything Mm -hmm. like you were saying um it's not how we were designed um to be on the throne of our own lives and so for me, it's just you know that that true conviction of of recognizing my absolute um, lack of being able to do anything without yeah. him. Mm-hmm. It's anything. interesting because faith's such a part of that. It takes mm-hmm. faith mm-hmm. to be willing to, and then to actually do seeing yourself through that other lens. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus shows it. The Holy Spirit shows it. Yeah. Right. And so that's To invite prayer. that, it takes mm-hmm. faith, yeah. To invite that, yeah, it all does, yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Well, should we talk about the actual, the parable? Yeah, And sure. then we'll, then we'll put, it, put it to some more use, <coughs> right? So I actually, as an end of a series, I really like, like we've had Jesus teaching and doing a bunch of stuff. And then the words are, um, so Jesus went through the cities and villages, proclaiming the good news. And it's almost like the scene at an end of a move, like part one of the movie. And yeah. like Jesus is walking off into the sunset over a hill to the next mm. town and we're left contemplating what just happened, mm. you know, um, which is actually a really nice place to end a series. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the sort of um, scene I have in my mind. Um, and like all all of this stuff is um, like continues to go on. Um, And we have like, um, it's really interesting that um, like who's the crowd with Jesus walking over that hill. So Luke's painting that sort of picture and you've got his inner circle who are traveling with him. But now he's going to go like find some new crowds in the next place. But also these women who've been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, like Mary Magdalene, who'd has seven demons cast out of her. Joanna, who's part of household, like she's like a high-ranking official in Herod's household. And Susanna. And these are like rich women who are basically like, how's Jesus funding his ministry? Oh, he's got some female followers who are 
Like they're the ones, they're the providers, mm-hmm. um, which is a little bit of a turn the tables on patriarchal norms, you know, in the ancient yeah. world and in our culture. <laughs> and he's clearly um, made an impression um, because you've not only got now this group of people that are, you know, real tight and following him, but we've got these crowds sort of scratching their heads and, and they're following him and they're gathering um, uh, and they're coming to Jesus. Uh, yeah. You know, and so he, he, I love it. He's like, he switches gears here, right? Because mm-hmm. this is the first parable we've got in, in Luke, yeah. correct? Well, the first thing officially called a parable. Jesus yes. has used a lot of parable type stories. Yeah. Um, it like possibly the the money lenders in the previous yeah, chapter was okay. that's kind of a parable as well. But but the other gospels, Jesus does say, "Hey, I'm going to tell you a parable. It's the sower parable, and yeah. this is like a key to understanding some of the other yeah. parables. So it's, yeah. it is an important one, apparently. Yeah." And probably what's happening is like these parables are things that Jesus regularly used in his teaching. Mm. But what Luke's doing is he's painted a picture of like, are, are you going to follow Jesus or not? Are you going to have faith in him or not? Mm. Are you going to reject his purposes or accept his forgiveness? Like these mm. kind of um, crossroads. And then he brings us to a scene where like he's surrounded by another crowd and the question in our mind is almost like, well, how are they going to respond? Right. Which is great because the application for us at the end of a series is like, okay, how am I going to respond? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the parable of the sower gets rolled out as a mm. like, hey, just because like you're hearing from Jesus doesn't mean everything's okay. Like it, re- it reminds me a little bit of James. Like we don't want to be the kind of people who look into the word of God like a mirror and then walk away and, and forget, forget what, we, what saw. we look like. Yeah. yeah. And so it just uh, that's a warning yeah. in the book of James. It's a very similar sort of challenge to like um, the whole point here is that what Jesus says and what Jesus wants to do and Jesus' mandate and who he is should then connect to like us being different, the world being mm. different because of like Jesus having room to do those things, the fruit being born. And so... It, it, this is like a really good parable for the end of a series here for us. And um, in case you've forgotten and haven't read it yet, but we're going to encourage you to be reading it, it's got these um, four kind of tropes of like dif- different scenarios that can happen. So there's a sower sowing the seed. Some of it um, fell on a path, got trampled, and the birds came and then devoured it. Some fell on like the rock and it grew up quickly, but then had no moisture, so it withered. Some fell among the thorns and so the the thorns then choked it. And then some fell on the good soil and yielded a massive crop. So we've got these four types, like trampled on a path Mm. and the birds grab it. On the rock, like, oh, it's going to, oh no, there's not not enough soil. Like it's not going to work, withers away. Thorns. Like, oh, like it grew up amongst other stuff that just it didn't have room, didn't have room to grow. And then the good soil. And and Jesus then unpacks it to explain like each of these dynamics in this picture he's actually using to point to like a spiritual relational reality as well. Yeah, I I love how he says... uh, um he basically drops this parable on him and is like, hey, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Kind of drops the mic and walks away. And I, I can yeah. just imagine them scratching their head 
what on yeah. earth is he talking about? Yeah. Because he, he the explanation of the parable, his disciples ask him and he explains to yeah. them. But yeah. the crowd, yeah, really good yeah. thing to yeah. lay out there. When Jesus says, like, he who has ears to hear, he says, like, some of you are going to be able to understand mm. this. Mm. If that's you, go think about this. Mm. And of course, everyone in the crowd's like, well, I want to be one of those people. That's I'm going right. to think about it. So it's like a really clever way Jesus is trying to draw them in and engage them. Mm-hmm. Well, and us too, right? Don't we want to know? And, and thankfully, yeah. we've got his... I mean, he's pretty... He tells us <laughs> yeah. he's going to unpack that for us. Well, it kind of reminds me like in the book of Revelation, when the Spirit um, like speaks through John, oh, those yeah. letters... Right, yeah, and each of the letters kind of finishes with this, um, or there's these like recurring theme of like you know he who has ears to hear, yeah, like throughout, yeah, yeah. like that recurring theme of, um, yeah. I mean, I've just picked one of them in chapter three, verse six. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says mm. to the churches. Yeah, and so. I know it's just sort of interesting, like the book of James, Revelation, here in the gospel is like Jesus is speaking, the Spirit speaking, like God's at work, but you can miss it. Yeah. And I guess that's, and what the what the parable of the sower is going to do is unpack, here's some of the ways you can miss it so that you can avoid those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can be conscious, be aware, ask God, like, is that is that what's going on? Do I need to, like... And it's actually interesting to think about, you know, h- how we respond to this parable. Can we change the soil of our heart? Hmm. I I don't know. I, I don't know if we can just do that. But maybe it's actually we need to ask God to, like, cr- create good soil in our heart and then be aware of making sure that that bit of our heart that is good is growing and being receptive to what God is saying. So try trying to connect both together as we partner with God, as the spirits at work transforming the soil of like our life. Gosh, as you, as you're saying that, I just go back to um, and and sort of looked at this because I I see what in here this notion of well the seed is meant to be you know produce something is it's yeah. always meant to grow something and it produces this crop of a, a hundredfold it says when it falls on the good soil and i i i don't know i flash back to the genesis account right and design and we're meant to be fruitful yeah. etc but god's a gardener in there and so is this about you know like you said how do we allow god to be the gardener of our, the soil of our heart mm-hmm. to help us um, yield a hundred crop. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's that's a really good connection because this is total Genesis overtones language, like the multiplying a hundredfold yeah. fruit. Yeah, is basically because we tend to read this in a like Christianized culture and think, oh yeah, the good crop is being a good Christian, which it is but the American version of what Mm. being a good Christian is can sometimes be not the full picture of what God means. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because the hyperlink here is back to Genesis is basically like, yeah, and some of it lands on good soil and it increases and multiplies. It's fruitful and multiplies. It it does, it thrives. It is the human life that thrives in the way that Genesis said. Yeah, it's like the human purpose gets fulfilled. Yeah, so that's a really good connection. I hadn't seen that yeah. before until we just talked about that. That's There's so awesome. many places in the New Testament where like fruitful and multiply concepts go, go all come the way up. Back. 
and we should totally like a little neon light in our mm. head that says mm. Genesis 1 2 should yeah. like flash, but we sometimes miss it. Yeah. yeah. So let's let's talk yeah. about each dynamic then. So we've got the landing on the path and the birds eating it. Um, mm. and, and he says that the seed is the word of God. Mm-hmm. And again, we tend to think Bible, but as people are listening to Jesus, who they're like, are you a prophet? Are you a rabbi? Like, it's what Jesus is saying. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is like, hey, God is saying things. God is showing you things. So for us, it's like, yes, that could be in the Bible, but it could also be like the Spirit showing us something. Mm. So it's a, there's a multifaceted nature to this. But as God is doing that, the word of God is going forth. That's God, because the word of God is not like a static thing we can go to and we're the initiator. The word of God is like, hey, God sees something and wants to do something in the world. And so he goes, he activates. He's the initiator going, like sending a prophet, sending Jesus, sending the spirit, mm. like doing something. So the seed, like the seed, is where God is like trying to tap someone on the shoulder and be like, "I want to do something," mm. right? Mm. And so that's happening, and that's really good for us to think about. This isn't just like, "Oh yeah, when I read the Bible, do I have good soil?" It's like, well, what about when you were sat in church three weeks ago and you had that little stirring that maybe that that thing Shelby was saying was actually for you, but you didn't go forward for prayer Did that just go and you didn't think day? about it that afternoon and you kind of got distracted or were really you were thinking about, I want to get back because I want to see if the Seahawks going to win this afternoon yeah. or... And can you even remember it today? I, we, like I've got dinner in the oven. Yeah. I, yeah. Like yeah. all the, the many reasons all of us have sure. had where something's happened and that like the word of God, he is tapping us on the shoulder. He's trying to get our attention. There is something he wants to do, but it doesn't bear the fruit. Mm. And so one of these dynamics then is the like uh, the ones on the path are those who hear. So you you have awareness. It's not that you completely, it's not that you're oblivious. It's not like uh, Daniel praying and the Archangel Michael being like, hey, you know, it took me like a, a month to get here. Like, no, you're actually hearing, but then the devil comes and takes the word away so you don't end up believing it and being saved. Mm. Like the rescue, the thrive, the good thing God wants to do, like the woman in the previous mm-hmm. chapter, like your faith has healed you, has saved you, go in peace. Like that dynamic doesn't happen. And so this is a warning, like we have an enemy, like the God can be initiating with us. He can be trying to get our attention and not just get our attention, but with purpose, mm. like with content, with a I want to, calling forth faith, calling forth risk, you know, trying to, not just trying to mobilize us like a motivational speaker, but trying to heal us and affect us and a cause love and a reception of forgiveness and grace in our heart like that, this beautiful dynamic. And the devil, like we have an enemy who like one of his strategies and something apparently the devil can come and do is that that like that word that dynamic like it can be the holy spirit puts the thought in our head or puts the circumstance around us or the person in our life or causes someone to text us that verse that's supposed to get our attention i'm just trying to think like all the different things it could be one of the things the devil 
wants to do and can do is to cause that thing to just exit our life mm. without having had the effect it was supposed to have. Take it away. Mm-hmm. Like we end up not reading that text or reading it but not reading it. Right. Or, you know, all, yeah. all, all these different things, like ways that it can be taken away. So it's like I'm really excited this idea of like the word of God can come, can be sown, like God yeah. can reach out. That's all like, I want that. But I have to contextualize me and God wanting to do things with my awareness that there is an enemy who's constantly trying to shoot down what God is wanting to do. And the way he's going to do it, he can't stop God speaking. He's going to try and stop me receiving. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm quiet. I'm, I'm, all, I'm thinking about this as well, just in the context of these people hearing it in this time too. Um, is this a little bit Jesus also saying God's always operated this way? Mm. God's word, his seed has always meant to be. Um, and, and these things have happened in the past. You know, all this look throughout the history of the nation. Um, uh, and it can happen today as well for mm-hmm. you, you people before us. And then it's also happening um, for people that for you and I, Richard, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in the in the future. But yeah. this notion of like the devil's always been around. He's always been trying to um, get in the way and and mm-hmm. really distract and and whatever his means are to to take you away from God's word. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, sp- I think. I want I want to say yes always mm. because like not much has changed. You read the Old right. Testament as well and you're like, hey, yeah. same themes. But it is interesting to think about at this time yeah. that Jesus' identity is at stake. People are scrutinizing him. Like, are, are you going to embrace the new wineskin or cling to the old one? Yeah. You know, that the, the, there's this shift of Jesus doing new things. And in that context, like Jesus is the like, primary person here, like the fountain of like the seed of the word of God right. being initiated out, right? It's coming through right. Jesus. And yeah, some of the dynamics of like, well, how does the devil take it away? Yeah. Is like, oh, well, I mean, I mean, the one we talked about last podcast they were offended. They stumbled. Right. Jesus. Like the devil is going to try to get you stumbling mm. and being offended, you know, mm. and, and you can keep going back through mm-hmm. you know, it's like time and time and again. And, and Jesus is just pointing at those dynamics and saying, the devil has a hand in that. Mm. And so that makes me almost want to like take this parable and be like, well, I don't want that to happen. Go back through reading what's happened in Luke's thus far as Luke's putting this together for us and not just Luke, the Holy Spirit's Mm -hmm. guiding Luke, right? It's scripture and be like, okay, what were the ways then that even though the devil's not in the foreground, the devil's not a character in any of the scenes, Mm -hmm. but the devil is like working behind the scenes to snatch away so people can't believe it. And, And I think there's a lot of like, replacing one expectation with another. Yeah. You know, and just so, that little distraction, just yeah, a little, little twist. twist of, uh, yeah. 
Is is this? I I, I wonder, and I'm so I'm going to ask the question, not really as an open question. Is yeah. this also the real question? Yeah, but <laughs> is, is this the um, like the three enemies? Uh, you know, we always talk about the flesh. You know, the devil, oh, the, the flesh, flesh devil, yeah. and the world. In here, is that that what we're seeing? Perhaps in here, and I don't want to over. You know, make connections when they're not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. That may relate. Yeah. yeah, that's an interesting question. Because we've got the devil specifically coming here yeah. and taking a- away. So, do these other um, failures of yeah. fruitfulness relate maybe a little to the flesh? Yeah, and a little to the world. Yeah. Well, I guess the devil one. We're like, yes, yes. because it says so. Yes. Let's move on to the next okay. two. <laughs> then maybe <laughs> we'll right. answer the question. All yeah. right. So well, the next one we've got is. Um, uh, r- rocky ground. Um, so the are the ones who receive the word with joy. When they hear it, they have no root, so it doesn't grow. Yeah, they this believe is for a while, but in time of testing, they fall yeah. away. So once again, it's not that like God's initiating His word, like His power, His desire to do something is going forward, and it's just not connecting. It's connected again. Yeah. It's been heard, it's been received. And this time, it's been heard and received with joy. Like I think um, I think in Matthew's gospel, the phrasing is like, it springs up. Yeah. So there's like the sign of fruit to come yeah. of like green shoots. But green shoots is not the fruit. Green right. shoots is like... The beginning. The apparatus to get to the fruit is starting to mobilize. Yeah. But then... Because the, because there's no actual root, so the moisture and nourishment, the things that need to be in place to actually take the apparatus and allow it to be like stable and strong and mature to produce the fruit, that's missing. Missing. So this is like this is tragic as well because there's a tragedy in each of these. It's almost. Three, it's almost. Right? Gosh, it almost seems worse because you started to. Yeah, it's like then, so oh, close. Oh, yes, yeah. almost yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. And I would say my observations of people, including myself, I think this one's commoner. Mm. But I don't know because the ones where like the enemy snatches it away are probably the ones we don't remember as much. Right. Because how would we know? It's just like that's missing from where it should be. Mm -hmm. Whereas these ones maybe. Yeah. So I don't. So maybe it's not correct to say I see this more, but maybe it's correct to say. Uh, it may not be that this happens more, but I'm aware it's of apparent. this more. Yeah, like moments where yeah, I feel like God's on the move, and then it kind of fizzled out. Like it, it just didn't mm-hmm. get all the way to the realization of what I thought it was going to be. Uh, and I see it in others as well. You know, like yeah. th- there's like a moment of like a spark of something. And, and a yes, and maybe like I'm trying to lean in and ask Jesus to hear or to receive what Jesus wants or to like forming the intention to move in faith oh, or in yeah. obedience and things like that. Like some of those ingredients are starting to move, but then a couple of weeks later, it's like they haven't turned into anything and actually they've kind of disappeared. They've withered away. Yeah, what, what jumped to mind is the other week when we were talking about good intentions. You know, that's what this seems like. And good intentions can, you know, start to look productive, et cetera, but, like, that's not enough. Yes, Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. gosh, I see that too much in my life. So let me ask you the question then. If that can happen, how do we make sure 
the, the something for these things to put roots into so that that doesn't happen, so that it doesn't wither, that the nourishment and the, like the, the depth of soil and moisture, the access, like what, what's the answer then to that? I, and is it something we do or is it something we need to like ask God to do or bit of both or... Well, I, to me, I, I think it's because this is, if we think of soil and the condition of our hearts, that, that sort of thing, I, I mean, I, I guess I would say yes and both. <laughs> uh, um, but insofar as really God's got to lead that, et cetera, but we are called to, you know, participate, you know, in that as well and to respond to where he leads and, but to recognize our need perhaps and say, God, my, my soil, my heart's a little rocky right now. Can you come till that, Mm -hmm. et cetera, but not just sort of sit back and go, oh, yeah. And maybe it's like a self-awareness thing as well. Like if we think back, maybe even just over the series and we're like, Hey, there were like three times I feel like God stirred me, and I like I maybe mm-hmm. went to the front for prayer, or like went home and prayed about it, and like journaled about it for a few days, and started to like try to put some of it into practice, and saw how God was at work and giving me opportunity, and but it fizzled out. It's like oh, you're learning something about your heart, mm-hmm. like you're hearing God, which is really good. But one of the things you need to ask God. To hear, like, I want to hear you, God, on how can my soil be deeper? Right. And it, I mean, it massively makes me think, which is jumping to another gospel, but John, abide in me. Yeah. Right? You cannot bear fruit apart from me unless you abide in me. Mm-hmm. And so the ultimate, like, the, the, because, I mean, there's lots of practical advice I could give someone mm-hmm. if they said, man, I just feel like this dynamic has been at work in my life. I want to enrich and deepen my soil. What can I do? And be like, okay, well, are you are you serving? Are you giving? Mm-hmm. Are you in community? Do you pray every day? Do you read your Bible mm-hmm. regularly? Mm-hmm. You know, like lots of those things. But ultimately, those are all practices that the actual aim, though, and the thing, because you can do all those things in a perfunctory way and still fail at the root to have this mm-hmm. burning passion to be like i want to abide in jesus i want to be connected i want every aspect of my life to be connected because the i think the rocky shallow soil is us doing stuff in our own strength mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's like yeah that's yeah, yeah. The, that's the opposite of abiding in jesus yeah it's like the branch by itself trying to yeah. grow not being connected to the vine right right and so, like, that's the bottom line. Yeah. Is, is, is that connection and dependence and, like, continual flow of, like, these things in my life are happening, but I'm trying to make sure everything that happens in my life is not happening by me. But there's, mm. there's a dynamic of Jesus being able to flow through, like, the, my relationship with my kids, my spouse, my friends, my roommate, my colleagues my work, my vocation, my desires, my hopes and dreams, my, you know, all of these things. Um, Because it's really easy in our culture to have our own ideas about those things and try and like tack Jesus on the side 
And that's like trying to graft Jesus into our vine instead of us being grafted and connected into him as mm-hmm. the vine. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like last week we talked about, is he the one? Are you Lord of my life? Right. Are you like, am I completely submitted to you? You know, I think I think some of those dynamics, they really like you put together the rest of the New Testament and this important picture Jesus is painting. And you really see a lot of connected themes here. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's you know if that's sort of self, um, you know, uh, if that rocky soil is this self effort, self salvation, mm-hmm. you know, effort that's ultimately not going to work, despite best intentions, et cetera, um, is is this also saying you no know, that retilling of our soil? Etc. The heart of our soil, like there's only, only God can do that, and, and actually He is the, you know, the perfect soil mm-hmm. as well. And by l- surrendering to Him, um, your soil can be made new, yeah, completely. And maybe this is aspects of our heart that are just He's still working on those different yeah. places. Yeah. Um, then we're not complete yet, but um, there's parts in our life because sometimes I think. You know, there's aspects when I see these types of soil and I see the fruitfulness. I, you know, I see this part, this soil, and this aspect of my life, and a different soil and a different aspect of my life. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But it's they they're helpful pictures to help us spot where those things are yeah. or where the patterns are as well. Yeah, because uh, I think there's some people who I've observed where there's a pattern of they are managing to scrape by and subsist, but on the energy of a, of a shoot growing up. And oh, then it yeah. withers, and then they're trying to like look for the next shoot. And they're yeah. constantly chasing shoots, jumping up with joy. And so there's a lot of joy, but then there's massive yeah. disappointment. And the sad thing is there's not actual growth and fruit and maturity happening. Mm. And it's sort of like living from mountaintop to mountaintop, but the mountains are not transformative. They're just like the excitement of seeing the possibility. And like Jesus has so much more for us than like living in this world Mm. and having joy in this world because of the possibility of good. He wants us to have excitement and joy in this world because of the actuality of the good. Mm. And maybe that's what makes that sense of tragedy where we're like, I'm not sure if this is worse than the last one, but there's something really tragic about a life that's, you know, like, is your life good? Like, yeah, it is. Like, what makes it good? Well, just knowing there could be so much goodness. Like, oh, that's like almost worse than not even knowing there could be goodness to like live in the space between like having vision for it, but never actually getting it. It just seems like living in that um, moment of potential, as opposed to actuality. Yeah. Like to put it in terms of appetite, like the one where the devil takes it away is yeah. like, you know, God shows you some beautiful food, but the devil keeps distracting you right. and you're not really aware you're hungry. And that's tra- that's terrible yeah. and tragic and self-deceptive and unhealthy. Yeah. And this one is like, no, you're you're constantly seeing like beautiful possibility and you're really hungry and you're hungry all the time, but you're never full. Mm-hmm. You're never satisfied. You never get to eat the meal, mm-hmm. you know. So there's something, yeah, worrying about this one. Hmm. Um, yeah. And so then the third soil. So third here. one. So now we've got thorns. Thorns. So again, right. the seed is heard. Mm-hmm. It 
that growth is hap- there's potential and there's something happening, it just doesn't reach its conclusion. It doesn't reach a full, full, its potential again, right? And this time it's because there were thorns and it says they're choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. So that's what the thorns are. So we'll have to unpack those. But those things, and this is what happens, you know, if you watch things grow, you know, those things are getting the lion's share of the water from the soil the right. and the light, you know. And, and it's like the resources that are required, the space that is required for growth. These, the, the cares, riches, pleasures of life, th- those things are sucking up yeah. the energy and there's just not enough left to actually produce fruitfulness. And, and so it's not that you end up with nothing. It's just, you just th- those good things, God sending his word forth to go do a good thing, you know, it's just, mm. it's not what it should be or not what it could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's this, there's something competing, this competition for what's going to, for the energy that's going to grow that fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's distracting, it's siphoning off. Yeah. Um, and so it, yeah, po- potential, it's still just potential. It's maybe, it sounds like it's maybe a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, you know, realized than the previous soil um, because maybe the, it's got room for good roots here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can sit, but you've got, there's too much competition going on. And yeah. so it's just this stunted growth. Yeah, mm-hmm. because, you know, there's going to be things we're going to care about in life mm-hmm. and we're going to have to interact with, resources mm-hmm. like money and god created us for pleasure mm-hmm. like we're going to have pleasure but mm-hmm. the thing about these things when they turn into thorns is they they have a disproportionate role right. and a disproportionate amount of attention mm. and resources and things invested in them mm-hmm. it's like they're sucking all of the energy and life out of our soul mm-hmm. um, and occupying too much space because yeah, it almost sounds like those thorns, because th- this discussion of, um, you know, so the plant itself doesn't mature, but it sounds like those thorns are mis- mature almost. You yeah, know, and they're it too is. big. They're bearing fruit. Yeah. Yeah, they're bearing the fruit of like, ang- well, I mean, let's talk about them. So the cares, I think, is to do with like, um, like what are those anxieties Mm -hmm. like what's the context we feel like the narrative do we feel like we live in a narrative of being under threat you know are we are the dominant voices in our life anxiety and fear Mm -hmm. and again i think there's a difference between having like being afraid of things and being anxious the kind of anxiety that's like oh that's concerning or that could be concerning like we're supposed to notice those things and process those things but that's different to living under a narrative where the dominant narrative in our life is I'm under threat. Right. And it's the kind of under threat that's not just like, I'm going to be persecuted for Jesus and counter all joy, right? Is it is a different kind of one. Mm-hmm. It's like fundamentally our ability to thrive, we right. feel like is under threat. Yeah. And what that does, those cares, then they make us grasp for taking ground to feel less mm. threatened, which I they interact. These all three interact with each mm-hmm, other because mm-hmm. then I think the riches part has a lot to do with what do you put your faith in to mm-hmm. get your security to feel like you're safe, mm-hmm. right? 
our, our love of riches has a lot to do with feeling safe, but also feeling like we're able to thrive. Like I'll thrive because mm. if, if I'm richer, I'll be able to get more stuff, have more pleasure, mm-hmm. deal with my cares, be more secure. Mm-hmm. And but we but it warps our idea and that the way these things all come together is set, it's well, like to they, disorder they, our desires and warp our idea of what thriving really is meant to be. It's in, interesting because as even as you're describing that, uh, this visual of these three things, these cares, these riches, and these pleasures are almost these, I, I get, they're so intertwined together. And you could see that intertwining that this, this particular metaphor here, this intertwining of it could choke something out because yeah. there's, there's not room for it. They're so intertwined. And, and they do. They, yeah, they, they do. reinforce each other. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the, then the pleasures is like what we desire. Yeah. Do we desire to suffer for Jesus, take up our cross and yeah. spend our life on others? Yeah. Or do Ooh. we think what life Ooh. is supposed to be about is like, I don't know, feeding. Because cause it is interesting. Yeah. You know, like, if you, I think Jesus took pleasure in giving up his life for the, like mm. for, for the for the sake of what was set before him mm-hmm. for the joy, right. Right? Yeah, right? So it's just interesting. There's a there's a sort of unholy alliance of desires and means, mm. and and like I think the cares is kind of do with like the context of our life, mm. like like the purpose and things like that, and what we feel like is under threat and why, mm. you know. Um, and there's a but there's a redeemed version of these, where in their proper place, then they're not a threat, you know. Yeah. So it's it's sort of interesting. But man, I mean, talk about. You know, having said, I see a lot of the second one. I mean, yeah. Do we see a lot of this one? Yeah. In America. Oh yeah. Like all the time. We're being marketed at yeah. tens of thousands of times a day, like constantly be trying to sold products because the main benefit is it's going to deal with your fear or anxiety mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or make you more secure and richer or you're going to love this because it's really pleasurable, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we, we're in it. an environment where these things are like trying to batter down the door of like what our attention is given to all the time. Like, holy cow, mm. this is like, yeah. I just think this is, and, and it must have been a thing in Jesus's day. And that's the thing. Like we can point to our culture and be like, "Oh, we're really well, in a storm today of this." We, have this and like, we are. We are in a storm of it, but we're in a storm of it because the broken human condition is. I mean, this is like this is what happened. Like you, you read the fallout of Genesis onwards, right? Mm-hmm. The first thing that happens: Adam and Eve, like they bump into insecurity and fear and anxiety right. and hide, mm-hmm. right? And then you've got like. Cain and Abel, like they want like the recognition and, and mm-hmm. then it quickly becomes who's going to have the resource, who's going to have the riches. And then you get to like the effect of like seeking pleasures instead of seeking like human flourishing, right. you know, on societies and cultures and there needs to be judgment. And like it just spins the world, like human culture spins into these things as Genesis rolls forward. I just think in our culture... And, and you know what? Maybe this is actually, I'm, I'm saying like, well, holy cow, our culture is like profoundly affected by these mm. things. But there's a way to look at it, which is like in a visceral, obvious way, which should make it easy for us to spot and be aware of. 
these powers at work in our culture, in our city, in our lives are not subtle hidden things like, oh, you got to watch out. No, this is obvious stuff. The challenge for us is, are we going to deal with it? Well, is, is it so obvious that it's almost just been normalized? And it can be normalized. You know, and I, I think and, when and I was thinking before, I was like, yeah. oh, it's so normal. That's yeah. really horrible. But also, if like God can get like a crowbar in there and be like, guys, it's not normal. Yeah. It's, then it's somehow we've that lie that it's normal. Yeah. As opposed to saying, well, perhaps, but that's not what it was yeah. intended for. And then we can that's start to design. like be triggered yeah. in different ways by all of these things that we're surrounded yeah. by. Yeah. But it is, it, it, but because it is normal, like it is hard to be countercultural against this because mm. it is a strong dominant part of the culture we inhabit. So we're supposed to be mm, Jesus culture mm. in the midst of our culture, like connected to mm -hmm, it, but mm -hmm. different to it. Mm -hmm. And so getting our cares, our relationship with riches, our relationship to pleasures, mm. like getting those things transformed and refined, um, there's a big difference between Jesus culture and our culture. Yeah. yeah. And and that's and maybe that's part of the tragedy is looking, like thinking about all the people who... I mean, I just know so many of like my friends who were like, you know, 20 years old, on fire for Jesus, like had the desire to live the kind of life that was just like, I'm going to see God move, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that's just, it's turned into nothing. Mm. And they're living a life that's about like wanting a bigger house and faster cars and mm. a, a better mm. hot tub and better, you know, just like pleasures and riches and cares mm. you know and their anxiety ridden all the time seeking to be secure and never achieving it you know that's part of the tragedy of how these three work together well and, and it's because as you say that but still there there's a part of their life that is still saying no i i i want to follow jesus right yeah. but you've got this like in even in this this picture here you've got that's just not mature it's yeah. it's not it's not yeah. grown to where it and needs some, to be yeah to be clear some of those people i've got like yeah. scanning through my head right now yeah. don't follow jesus anymore yeah but a lot of them do yeah it's just they are not bearing fruit yeah and that's the sort of tragedy it's yeah. like the jesus plants that the plants are like the word of god where god was like right. oh, i want to do this i want to bless you this way or i want to bless others through you this way yeah. or i want to do this are just like these sad little things mm. amidst the thorns, mm. you know. So again, there's something really tragic about that. That sh you know, and and it's sort of interesting because the good soil is available, and, and actually it puts like because I think it takes God's power to change soil. Yeah. But we are active in the good soil because it says those who hold the word of God fast in mm. an honest and good heart. So I think that honest is like um, probably not lying to God, not lying to others, but especially not lying to self. Like the non-self-deceived heart. The heart that's able to like recognize all of these factors of the other soils that yeah. work around them. All of the those things trying to have an influence in the heart and you know so i think the honesty is a part of that like awareness and then the goodness is like the resisting of those things yeah and the holding fast being like no 
like uh, that holding fast and goodness that so so something can be done about these things so we can like these soils i can totally see all three of these bad soils at work in my life like there's mm. definite bits of this, right? Well, but it, it, that doesn't mean mean I have to be like, oh, I'm so tragic. Woe is me. I guess like the story of Richard's life is going to be a tragedy, yeah. and people will, like weep at the end and be glad they're not Richard. Yeah. Like no, it's the kind of tragic look of like, oh man, that's so. I want to grieve that and lament that with God, and call on God to enable me to hold fast with a good and honest heart. Well, and I, that that last part of what you're saying, that hold fast, that preserving um, here, persevering, sorry, mm-hmm. um, is that... Oh, notion, yeah, uh, yeah, my uh, translation says, yeah. and bear fruit with patience. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the fact that it's it's going to take that endurance yeah, that, and, it, of resistance. I, I think that, to, yes, it, it, that recognition, like you said, that, oh, and being honest that, hey, these other things are in effect, but... It doesn't have to be that way, but mm-hmm. you know, part of what we're called to do is persevere, and God will change and can change. He wants to change the soil of our hearts. Mm-hmm. And our job, perhaps, our response to that is just to say, yes, do that. Yeah. I'm going to stay here and allow you to do that Yeah, in my heart. Yeah. It, it's sort of... I like the idea of the word of God as Bless oh you. I'm definitely allergic to something in this room today. <laughs> I've sniffed all the way through this podcast. Um it the word of God like goes forth and accomplishes, like it has power. Because it's not just like God's actual words, it's not just like Bibles mm. being flung into rooms, it's God's actual initiating of something he mm-hmm. wants to do, communicating it. And when God communicates, he doesn't say, you go do this. He mm. says, I'm going to do this. Mm. And and we get to like have faith and submit and allow God room and partner and like wrap ourselves around what God wants to do. Mm. And so like that holding fast to the word of God, it's also not a kind of, because it can so quickly turn into legalism. Like, man, I'm not going to give myself to pleasures. I'm not going to do the thorn mm. thing. I'm not going to, like, have no root. I want to pursue Jesus. And then when God tells me something, by golly, I tell you what, I'm going to, like, pull myself up by, by right. my bootstraps, try really, really hard and make it happen. Like, no, that's not the good version here. The good yeah. version here is still, like, God being the, the power that's actually mm. going to produce the fruit, mm. like the word of God. It's almost like we have a role in not being distracted, not like being aware of the thorns, being honest, like managing the thorns, resisting the thorns, um, and, 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 and just, and just trying to be connected there. with Jesus. Yeah. And again, like being like abiding in Jesus is not work we do to accomplish. Like, hey, I need to make myself the kind of person yeah. that's like Jesus. It's like, no, I need to be like the sinful woman in the last chapter who owns my shame, my yeah. guilt, my sin, my brokenness, and is able to receive God's forgiveness, mm. be set free, be healed, mm. be restored, mm. be redeemed because of the way Jesus cheats me that actually creates different dynamics in my life. Mm. So the good soil thing here is like we're active in it, but our part has so much to do with faith again, mm-hmm. right? But not faith that's like cognitive ascent, but faith that's kind of like, I'm going to actually live in a way that risks this happening in terms of 
if God doesn't show up, I'm going to fall flat on my face here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We, we actually risk on God coming through in, like, dealing with our cares, making us not have to pursue riches, allowing us not us. to find joy in life by the by the pursuit of this world's pleasures. Yeah. yeah. By... Um, by trying to like be connected to the vine and have deep soil by resisting the enemy and being aware and yeah. uh, you know resisting him snatching away like treating what god's doing as precious and holding it fast you know um like, like so much of those things we can ha- we can have faith and we can activate our faith into action but the fruitfulness is going to be god meeting our faith and mm. then doing something about those things yeah right I love too this this notion of this seed and and then fruitfulness as well because what I see here too is this um, this this wonderful transformation right it's not fruitfulness does not look like the seed mm-hmm. you know it's completely transformed and is different and are we willing to let that happen in yeah. ourselves as well it's not holding on to what we've got where we're at today it's Mm -hmm. it's that no transformation is clearly a part of what he's talking about is what it looks like to be fruitful yeah yeah Yeah, definitely yeah well we said we were going to do a short podcast on sour that's been over an hour so i think that's that's got you thinking (laughs) i I mean i enjoyed like thinking about myself through the lens of this so yeah if you're listening i hope you like spend some time reading this this last week of like this reading we're doing and allowing that to affect you and if you're wondering angela didn't just go like quiet for the last half an hour she had to run home. She had to run home to meet a guy who's going to fix your dryer. Yes, that's so right. Hopefully, hopefully we'll have dry laundry. Yeah, Steve and Angela won't be damp at church on Sunday. <laughs> and we'll have some different clothes, yeah. perhaps. <laughs> so there we go. All. So keep reading. And um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed like listening and just especially like reading, just allowing the word of God to like be pouring over you through this series, keeping asking Jesus the yeah. question, like, how can I become like you? Mm. And Next up is Advent time, which Ooh, is here we go. Yeah, it yeah. really activates the yeah. like theologian part of my brain. Oh yeah, you know, theology of the incarnation is yeah. one of my favorites. So maybe we'll do That'll some sort of podcast. Advent conversations. There we go. Um, but yeah, whether we do some podcasts on Advent or not, enjoy that season. Yes, you know, and yeah, hopefully draw close, to, keep drawing close to Jesus. Amen. Amen.